amazing how is everybody this morning i pray that you are all well i pray you have risen in good spirits i pray that you have started the challenge and you're feeling good i've got a confession to make i've been slacking on my challenge i've been slacking do you know what an incident happened outside my house yesterday and i was up until really late hear the excuse guys and I promise you I was conscious that I needed to be up at 4 45 so I set my alarm <laughs> what I actually did was fell asleep setting the alarm and the phone hit my head but I was just asleep <laughs> so I didn't get up 15 minutes earlier and I did recite my gratitude and I did recite my affirmations, but I wanna get in the program of actually writing them down. So if you're not aware of the challenge that we're doing, we're on a morning challenge right now. And that is to wake up and spend at least five minutes with yourself in the morning in prayer, in a positive conversation with yourself, talking to your higher self for at least five minutes, and then to write down 10 things that you're grateful for, and to write down 10 affirmations or intentions to kickstart your day. Now, as we do that, it's important that we do it before we get out of bed because we're trying to build this algorithm of when we step out of bed, we're gonna give our doubt, dysfunction and fears hell because we've set ourselves up to win. But also we were talking about this this morning in our 5 a.m. club, um, mum raised the point of how it is important to actually make space for gratitude. So it's one thing to write down what you're grateful for, but it's another thing to actually be grateful, to actually be grateful. When you choose to be grateful and you find time throughout your day to be grateful, it amplifies up your gratitude. And when you have things to be grateful for, it allows you to have more things to be grateful for. Just like when you have things to complain about, it invites you to have more things to complain about. Whatever we write, we invite. Whatever we recite, we invite. So when we speak things, we invite them. When we write them down, we invite them. So let's consciously get in the practice of inviting more and more and more of what we actually want to experience. So that's just to bring you up to date with what we've been doing this week. But I want to say grand rising. I honestly pray you're in good spirits. We had a beautiful conversation last night around toxic relationships. And I think it's fair to say that many people in the room identified that, oops, I may not have thought that I had some toxic traits, but actually I've got lots. And as we rise this morning, it laid in my spirit to speak about your environment versus your assignment. And a lot of the time our environments do not reflect our assignment. What do I mean by that? The state of mind that we can allow ourselves to go to sometimes. We were talking about this this morning too. And sometimes I'm around people who find it easy to fall on self-sabotage often. So for instance, they may tend to have a lot of 
dysfunctional thoughts. They may tend to have a lot of toxic thoughts. They may tend, whether that is beating up their self, having bad um, negative self-talk, or whether that is the kind of thought programs where it's like, I don't want to be here. I need to end my life, whatever, whatever. And I was saying that it's crazy because a lot of people tend to kind of make it bigger than what it is sometimes and they're not taking responsibility that those thoughts are a choice and it doesn't feel like that when you're in the midst of something it doesn't always feel like you have that choice but you absolutely do at any moment in any time the minute that we're up and living in a healthy mind and sometimes right our behaviors might display that we're not technically in a healthy state of being because we're doing things that just don't work out that great for us but we're doing them anyways but we have a choice we have a place to be able to choose now when you start to know better, I pray and hope that you do better. And the truth is many people do. You take the steps to do better. You take the steps to make sure you're in rooms that grow you. You take the steps to be around relationships that fully nurture you and support you. You take the steps to give yourself self-love and self-care. You discipline yourself into a new way of being and you actually start to reap the benefits. But every so often guys, you wake up and you recognize that your environment it still doesn't fit your assignment and whether that is the physical house that you live in whether that is your mental state of being whether that is your emotional state of being whether that is you're still having to check your heart posture because it still seems to be very bitter although you know better whether your health your actual physical body is giving you difficulties, you know, you're experiencing pain, you're experiencing diseases, you're experiencing dysfunction, but you know, like, you know, like, you know, within you, you're called to something greater. Within you, you're called to do better. Within you, you've got more. And sometimes it doesn't matter how much you've done, how much you're doing, your environment, does not reflect your assignment. And I just want to ask anybody if they're willing to be honest with themselves, with the room. Have you ever been in a situation where you've identified this for yourself, where you're, you're, you feel like you've changed, you feel like you're doing the work, you feel like you've put some things in, or you feel like you know better, but some areas of your life are not shifting they're not meeting your assignment they're not leveling up is there anybody in the room that is currently in that situation or has experienced that i would love to hear from you grand rising hey how you doing i'm good how are you <laughs> So yeah, one of the things is the journey that I have with my weight, mm. and actually, you know, even when I hear you speaking about yours, I feel guilty. I feel like, oh gosh, she's taking on some of my shit. So when I say this, you know, people that have lost weight and it's easy for them, it's like you know what you got to do. You got to just eat less and you got to just do whatever. 
they have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I feel like I could speak about a million areas, but I would speak about the one that's probably my biggest and which I don't often speak about, and it's my weight. So what am I doing about it? I have started, I did, I started going to Slimming World. There started to be some success. And then <laughs> I quit. Do I consciously mean to quit? I don't think that I consciously mean to quit, but I just see a pattern now. Now that I'm observing myself, I can see a pattern that even when I'm getting the results, it's almost like I give up. I don't have that, like, you know, continue and like I, i'm not continuous with it and also like you know this with a discipline diary and writing it down so i'm i'm attempting to drink water which i realize i don't drink enough water and that's in lots of ways i'm too busy minding other people's business and i don't drink enough water so me taking on drinking water and minding my business i look at it and i see that um Yesterday you drank 750 mils, the day before you drank two litres. So I'm now looking at it, but I'm actually consciously monitoring what that looks like. So it's not that lie that I would say, oh yeah, I drank water. How much water did you drink? 200 mils, Christina. Does that serve you? Hell no. So I'm consciously now looking at, yeah, the relationship that I'm having with the healthier choices. So I, I want to eat five healthy things a day. And then I justify this packet of crisp is very healthy at this moment. <laughs> it, it really helps. It comforts me through. I'm going through something. I go crunch, crunch. It just feels so good crunching those crisps. But I know that it's not the healthier choice. So, yeah. I love that. So sometimes you can feel like you've put in the work and other times you can feel like actually... I'm just being slap hazard. I've got a certain level of excuses and I'm expecting a different level of result. I love that. Weight is a good topic actually, because a lot of the time you can do absolutely everything by the book. So just to reset the room, we're in here this morning talking about your environment versus your assignment. And I've come to the awareness that actually, Sometimes your environment does not by any means at all reflect your assignment. And it's funny because in the same breath, I will say everything outside of you is a mirror to something inside of you. I absolutely stand by that and I absolutely believe that. But at the same time, this universe has dope ass paradoxes. And if you don't know what a paradox is, it's almost like two opposites of the same thing happening at the same time, and both are true. That's the best way that I can describe it, but maybe if you looked it up, you might get a better meaning or mum might be able to break it down another way. So although I'm saying, yep, everything outside of you is a reflection of things inside of you, sometimes it's almost like you're in an environment and honestly, it's almost like you've outgrown it, but you're just there looking. But what happens is sometimes we go through these periods and these phases and these seasons of this. And because we keep holding on to the idea that we haven't grown or we haven't passed this test or we haven't learned this lesson or we haven't done this, it's technically us watching our subconscious beliefs outside of us. Now, let me break that down even further. So 
I'm trying to give you a good example that you can understand. So for instance, right, I told you guys earlier in the week about my little conversation that I had in terms of my weight with myself. Now, like I said, in terms of actually committing to waking up, doing exercise daily, I haven't done as much as that as I have done ever in my life, right, in the last year. However, I have more weight. I'm actually even, it's funny, heavier than when I've been full-blown pregnant. So it's weird because I've been bigger than I've ever been, right, at any point in my life. But I have been doing more in terms of my actual exercise and being committed than I've ever done in my life too. So you could kind of stand there and be like, well, that don't make no damn sense. But guess what? My environment doesn't look like the assignment. Now, I've got a choice at this moment in time. So I could decide to say, do you know what? This shit doesn't work. So I'm no longer sticking to my exercise. I'm no longer trying to eat healthy. I am no longer doing anything that's going to put me closer to that journey because it's not working. Or I could say to myself, wow, I've put in the work. I've been more consistent. What else is it that I haven't done or what I need to do so that my environment can match up to my assignment? And for me, I found in this particular scenario that actually it's not what I was doing or not doing. It's not even how I'm being or not being. Guess what, guys? It is my thinking about the process, period. When I'm normally on a journey of shifting weight, maintaining weight, building weight, it is a joyful experience. And actually, I don't even think about the weight. My intention is I want to feel good. I want to look great. I want to be in a healthy body. And where I just focus on that, I naturally all go to classes that inspire me, all end up with a personal trainer that really kicks my butt, all end up doing more walking or evening runs or whatever it is. It feels like a natural process. But the minute that I start to think about it too much, it feels like a chore. It feels like a task. It feels like, oh my God. Not everybody has to do this. Some people eat whatever they want to eat. They can eat whatever they want to eat and their body doesn't shift. Oh, they're not working out every single day. Oh, they've been doing the same sessions that I've been doing and they've lost loads of weight. And this is the little chatter that starts to happen in your mind and you're not even conscious of it. And so although I might have cleaned up my actual habits of what I'm doing Maybe the reason why my environment doesn't look like my assignment is because I haven't cleaned up the habits of my thinking. So now in this season, I've been given an opportunity to clean up my thinking about the process. In another season, I was given the opportunity to clean up my actions about the process. In another season, I was given an opportunity to clean up my emotions about the process. And I will say this to you all, and I've said it many times, there are layers to what we experience. 
there are layers to what we experience. Before, because of my focus would be like, I'm gonna go on holiday. So guess what? I was not touching a beach, not been happy with myself. So my thinking was A plus. And because my thinking was A plus, my habits naturally followed. This time, my assignment was more like, I need to make sure that other people stay motivated within this time. I need to make sure that people have come so far that they don't give up on themselves. I need to make sure that they're still motivated and inspired to keep working out and still going. So my focus wasn't actually really on me. And when it decided to be on me, it was a little bit too late. Not like it's never too late, but it was too late as in, I wasn't waking up and working out for me. I was waking up and working out as a part of my job and a part of my role. Do you guys hear the difference in how and why sometimes our environment doesn't look like our assignment? Because there's parts of it that we've got to be willing to look at on a different level in a different season. So in one season, you might be asked to address your thinking. In another season, you might be asked to address your actions. In another season, you might be asked to address your spirit. And in another season, you might be asked to address your feelings. Now, this is where some people get trapped. Because we, without even really acknowledging it, have become so under the premise, right, and under the belief system that our feelings dictate our actions. And they don't. So when the environment of your emotions is like, oh, I don't feel good today. Many of us allow that to dictate what we're going to do. And if you've grown up as the child that said, I don't feel well today. And mummy said, okay, cool. You're not going to school. Stay at home, rest. You've grown up with that same environment that when you don't feel good, you don't do what needs to be done. You check out or you take a break or you lie in your bed. And in some of our seasons, just that belief system alone is what we've been asked to address. Just like for other people, we might go into a room because we're talking, I'm not just talking about the environment of yourself. I'm talking about the actual environments that we're in. And we might go into a room and we're walking to that room and something says to us, mm-mm, mm-mm. I ain't supposed to be here. Mm-mm-mm. Something don't feel right. And we bounce and we leave and we go. Or sometimes we stay because we completely ignore that feeling. And then we walk out and we still don't feel good. But the reason why your assignment isn't looking like your environment is because in that environment, there's something that you need to pick up. There's something that you've got to run with. There's something that you've got to learn and there's something that you've got to transform. But if we keep missing it, we're going to keep being in these environments that don't look like our assignment. For some of you, it's your jobs. You know there's more in you. 
you know that job doesn't deeply satisfy you. You know that you're waking up every single day, counting down the time that it is until you get back home. Or hoping that a particular person doesn't walk in that office. Or praying that this other person doesn't show up. Or just hoping that today you have some good clients or a nice day. And you know that there's something else that you want to do. And you know that there's something else that you want to produce or build or create. But you haven't taken the time to figure out what is there right now that you need to address. What is present right now that you need to learn, pick up, change or transform or use? I remember the last job that I had, the last job where I was employed, right? Where I was an employee. I was working for a company and I was doing telesales. And when I first walked in, it wasn't actually telesales. It was more to, um, it was more like customer liaison. And um, I would walk in and I was only working, I believe like four or five hours a day. So it was part-time while the children were at school. And it was in the middle of the city. And at first, I think I would have to be at work from nine. I think I worked from nine to one and I would drive there. And because I was driving there, it would mean that I would have to leave at like six to get there for nine. Because if you get a little bit later in that traffic, you're not arriving on time. So I'd be leaving at six every day to work four or five hours. And I remember one day when I sat there and I did the maths and I was like, well, you're not technically working four or five hours because of the time that it takes you to leave your house, be avoid the traffic, get there, chill out. Like that is a lot of your time. You're getting paid for four or five hours, but you're work, like you're, you're out, you're, you're connected, you're on your way to that job for many more hours. And I sat down and I did the maths about how much I'm being paid from the overall time that I'm leaving my house till I'm returning. And I didn't like the figures. I looked at those figures and I asked myself if that's what I was worth. And I said, no. And guess what, guys? It was a good paying job. For what I did, it paid very well. But when I actually calculated the time from what I left my house to the time that I returned to my house and what I was being paid for those hours, I didn't like what I saw. That's a plug for some of you right now. Because maybe it's hard for you to see your value when you go to the mirror every day. Maybe it's hard for you to see your value when you're at home playing mum or dad. Maybe it's hard for you to see your value in your friendship circles. But what about if you just did some ransom numbers? Calculate the time that you wake up in the morning and prepare for work till the time that you're sitting down again and having some time to yourself and divide that by what you're being paid and ask yourself if you're comfortable with those numbers. Because I don't think that some of you will be. Ask yourself if that you're valuable, if, that, if that's how valuable you really believe that you are. And these were some of the little decisions that I started to make to change the game. 
of what I wanted to achieve in life. And so when I was now at this job and I first went in and I was just doing the telesales, believe it or not, when I actually go into another environment, I'm dead or shy. I spoke about this before. I literally would go in, sit at my desk, do my work and, and come out. Didn't really talk to anybody. I kind of spoke to the person that was next to me, but I'm very like just in my own zone. And I would watch myself go every day. And I was like, who is this? Like I used to sit there and wonder if they ever went on my Facebook page or my Instagram page, if they would think, what the hell? It was two completely different people. Both me, but completely different facets of myself. And it was cool. Until one day the traffic was so bad and I was crying and I was so bad because I'm like, I'm leaving my kids at home. I'm having to sort them out in the morning and I'm rushing to get in and I'm still late and I hate being late and I don't want to be late. And I just had this little mental breakdown in the car. And I remember calling the manager and I don't even like to call. Normally I'd get my mum to call and say, mum, please tell them I'm sick. Mum, you tell them I'm sick. I would get my mum to ring up when I was sick. <laughs> Oh, I wanted a day off. Just, oh, I just didn't like it. And um, I called him and he was literally like, Tanya, it's cool. When you get here, you get here. It's fine. Don't worry about it. When you come in, you do an amazing job. Like I've told you before, this was the manager to me. I've told you before, I expect you to do your best and you do your best. And once you do your best, I'm cool. I just don't want no one bullshitting me. And when the manager had that conversation with me, it changed my mind about work and the positions that we play. Not only that, this was the type of manager where on Fridays, when it got to about 11 o'clock, he was like, everybody pack up, shut your desk, we're off to the pub. And it was like that every week. It was an algorithm that I wasn't used to in terms of a manager and employee relationship. And I remember that day when I went in, he was like, if you need to take a couple minutes, cool. Them times I used to have my sticks on my desk. And he was like, pick one of your sticks or whatever, because we've been picking them while you ain't here. Reset yourself. And I was cracking up because I was like, I got myself into this whole frantic mood because of expectations and how I think I should show up and what it would possibly look like if I was late and the amount of um, sacrifice that I've had to leave my children and I'm trying to go to work to better but it's all just feeling like too much and then I stopped and I chilled and I was like this person doesn't see me how I see me this person recognizes the value that I bring to their company, yet I wasn't fully accepting the value that I had within me. And just that one conversation, it made me change the way that I saw the relationship. I actually wanted to do even better for the company because I recognized that he actually valued his employees. As a matter of fact, many people that work for him started working for him at the age of 18 on apprenticeships. They're there at 30 something, 40 something. They don't leave that job because he just continues to give you benefits and benefits and benefits that work for you. And the environment is like a family environment. They're not family, but it's like a family. And it just made me think like, wow, why am I here? 
I was there because there was so much that I needed to learn about being a manager. There was so much I needed to learn about being a boss. So although I wrote down the numbers and I was like, yo, I'm more valuable than this. I was getting valuable lessons by being there. So although my environment didn't look like my assignment, my environment was teaching me so much. So guess what he ended up saying to me? You don't need to come into the office. You can work from home. So guess what? When Tanya recognised her value and she did those maths of what she was driving and the petrol that she was adding up and how much time it took her based on what she was getting paid, guess what, guys? I rolled out of my bed into my office, literally. Literally. I didn't have no more travel expenses. I didn't have the extra hours. I had more time and more money because I recognize my value. I feel like some of you need to catch this conversation on a different level and I pray that you hear it. Your environment do not always look like your assignment because you're in a certain position and place in your life to learn something about your value, to learn something about how you think to learn something about how you feel. And then you've got to churn it out into something else. So I stayed at the same job, getting paid the same money. But guess what? I got more. Because there was more within me. And not only that, let me tell you guys, he actually started paying me more. And he gave me another role as well, where it was my, my position completely changed, where I became like the financial advisor because nobody else, they had like 10 grand on some accounts, 44,000 on one account that was outstanding. And for years, nobody could get that money. Guess who got the money back for that company? Because when I was ringing these people, I was ringing with intention because I wanted to make that guy feel like, you know what? Yes, I recognize that you value me, I value you, I'm going to contribute bigger. Sometimes our environment doesn't look like our assignment either, because we are paying small in that environment still. What I did 10 years ago in regards to my fitness routine and my weight, guess what guys, it's not going to work with my 30 something year old body. My metabolism is naturally slower. So I've got to switch up the way that I train. I've got to switch up the way that I eat. I've got to switch up the way that in this season, I maintain or build or create the body that I want to live in. Just the same way that in lockdown, I redid my whole house because my environment did not look like my assignment. And I've spoke about this before, but I remember legit walking around my house thinking, well, when are my mum and dad gonna, gonna redecorate this? Because <laughs> I'm that spoiled child that hopefully they would have walked in and knew I was unhappy and done something about it. And one day I was like, uh, it's your house. <laughs> do what you gotta do. But before that, guess what? I didn't have the time. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the decorator. 
But the minute that I decided that it was my choice to redo it and get it done how I wanted it to do, I legit opened my door one day and saw the decorator across the street. And I walked over with my bold self and said, hey, can you come and do my house? Yes, some problems came with that too. But my point is, the minute that you start to see your value different, the minute that you start to see your worth different, your environment still might not look like your assignment, but it will begin to shift. And we've got to be here for the shift. Guys, even when I was then working from home in that place, right? Working for this guy, doing this financial advice, um, advising job and advising people on their finances and claiming back the money for the company. And if I had to get more sales, there were so many different elements to the job. But guess what? One day, randomly, I was going into the office. So eventually I would go in once a week or once every two weeks just to check in with everybody. And I just had a for weeks, I was at my desk. And when I was at my desk, I was writing my business plan. I was writing my business plan because I knew that I had something else in me. And so I was grateful for the job, but I was writing my business plan. I was writing sticks. I was writing the things I wanted to create. In between each of my calls, I would write in something. I've still got some of the same posted notes that I writ as notes to myself that I turned into sticks because I needed to keep my head in the game. And they would be stuck on my computer. They would be all around my environment because although my environment didn't look like my assignment, I had to start to make my environment look like where I wanted to be. So I wrote it down on post-it notes and I stuck them all around me. I wrote down positive notes and I would stick them all around me until my belief system changed. And the minute that I started preparing to build this business, one day I randomly went in, got called to the office and guess what? They said, you've been made redundant. I was so grateful. I was so grateful because the universe had obviously heard what I was actually putting out, but I was still playing a little bit safe. And I remember at that time, I did like a 28 day fitness challenge or something. And I had different people who had signed up and I was doing the fitness challenge with them while I was doing my work. So it was almost like my energy was in two different places at once. And it's like, I heard it so clear. Focus on plan A only. And the day that I got made redundant, I was laughing. I was laughing so hard. Because I hadn't had no savings. I didn't have nothing to really say, let's really start this business. No, I had just been writing stuff down. But I knew what time it was. I knew I'd been prepared as much as I was preparing. So At, yes, ma'am. When you call people not him today, have you got an example? <laughs> Did you warn me that you were going to dive in the deep end because you know that I, I swim in water where my feet can touch the ground you've taken me in the deep end that's good like, oh, it'd be like breathe oh, breathe I feel like that so there's a lot right we 
with with what you explained it was it was so beautiful sometimes you just talk and it's just painting so much pictures so you spoke about um the job role and the time when you was late and then the kind of heavy thinking that you was putting on yourself and then how the man was an acceptance of that and then you shaped uh you shaped the work around your desire without even asking for it it just kind of unfolded so when you asked mom might have a, a, a meaning for the word um paradox yeah so it says contrary to expectation so it says contrary or contrary contrary to expectation so there it is again i'm going to shout out some of my people <laughs> some of my people in the audience there's our word again expectation so the paradox is contrary to the expectation so then it's the prefix is para so para is beyond or outside of so you get things like paranoid or you know parody anything that you see with that prefix p-a-r-a is beyond or outside of and then donkin it means to think so dox paradox that that says a statement that seems to contradict itself so remember what tanya said it's like you're going this way but everything else is going that way so an example is standing is more tiring than walking that's so deep save money by spending it do you know why that's so deep oh my god if i know one thing is that i know nothing come on talk about it do you know what guys i get these moments where my my little team have been telling me girl you go into these rooms and you just speak <laughs> and i don't even know what i'm going to start off saying but the point is with that paradox when you really understand a paradox it's life-changing there's a book about it um i want to say it's like monkey paradoxes or something someone else can tell me what that book is if you know the book yes the chimp paradox and it's almost like a head top twist up and when you understand the universe right you actually understand that that's how much it works so as much as there's life there's death as much as there's light there's darkness and they're both always happening at the same time they're happening so where do you find yourself in that space Where are we on the scales? And when you start to see that, I just pray that some of you hear this. Some of the environment that you're in, and you guys, you could take the example that I gave when I got made redundant. And when you're doing all of the right things, if I was in a different state of mind, I would have said, well, this is some BS. This isn't fair. I'm trying, I'm growing, I'm evolving, I'm writing the business plan. Why did I get made redundant? But I was ready. And at that point, I had already built up an algorithm, like seriously began to believe that God ain't never going to take me no place and leave me. So my trust for life, my trust for the process was different. A lot of us don't have any trust. So we're not willing to put anything in. 
Some of you are going into job after job after job, relationship after relationship after relationship, house after house after house, different types of bodies. And you're never happy. You're never fulfilled. Because you're not really willing to sit with, yo, what's my assignment in this environment? What is it? But then we, sorry, we also then go on and happily say, everything happens for a reason, but we just say it. We don't really sit with, yo, what's the reason? And I think going on from last night, just running from one thing to the other. So for those of you that wasn't there, just gonna remind, and even those that was there, we might have stepped over it. But um, when it came to toxic relationships, you might think, oh no, I have never had a toxic relationship. But it said lack of support, toxic communication, jealousy, controlling behaviors, resentment, dishonesty, patterns of disrespect, negative financial behaviors. So, you know, we're dead broke. We are broke in our financial pocket as well because there's toxicity in our relationships and even when I look at that you know sometimes as the woman it's like oh this is all on me he doesn't have to do this and I'm the one left holding these lot and I have to and the toxicity because the root word toxic it said poisonous so we have poisonous um thoughts and poisonous stuff stuff that is um flowing out into our relationships as a mother we're teaching or giving our children from a poisonous perspective because we're not even consciously aware of it. And you know, like my mum used to always say, by that thing's no poison, the person. I'm speaking in my Caribbean accent, but sometimes poison is a slow process. Like people, you, you can get the, the times when you drink poison and you instantly die. They were poisoned, instant death. We see that in the movies. Ah. But most of the time, poison is a very slow thing. It's a slow poison. It? Because you're not conscious of the toxicity in your mannerism, in the way you're speaking and how you're engaging. So, you know, when you think of those things, you may hear, you might hear yourself and you never realised before that you had a toxicity. The other thing is yesterday when Tanya spoke and um, we had to come out of the way that we were attempting to do things, we had to come into a brand new place so even like Tanya said, I've pushed like I've never pushed um, exercise-wise with herself. You know, I'm committing to my exercise, right? And I am, I can get up my stairs better. There's so much benefits in what I'm doing. But there's a part of disbelief walking with the belief. So that paradox, that paranoid, that, you know that when, you're, when the toxicity makes me run to the alcohol, it makes you run to the weed. Yeah, man, I'm going to just get high. And I know, I, I know that um, marijuana is, is um, a herb and it's beneficial and it could be used for meditation. Even meditation can be an addiction because I'm going to just sit down and I'm going to zone out and I'm going to zen because it's that, think that part that's taking you into that other part of yourself. Do you understand? So it's not alignment, there's split energy. And that's where you create the paradox. That's where you create that thing what Tanya is saying. And contrary means that it's so related to another that though both may be false, they cannot both be true. A fact or condition incompatible with another. So I know I said, see, Mary, Mary, 
contrary, quite contrary. How does your garden grow with silver bell? Because you don't have control over nature, so the garden would grow. But contrary is like you're going, you're pushing one way, and there's other things pushing another. Because in our bodies, our spiritual, our emotional, our mental, and our physical, there's split energy. So you're exercising more, but what's your thinking? And you're pushing this way, that way, but something else is pushing another way. So that's where you create that paradox. <laughs> Miss Eunice, welcome to the stage. Hi. Hey. Chat this morning. Thank you so much, Tanya. Really relate to a lot of the stories that you've said. Um, in terms of myself, um, I've really been quite consistent since the um the course that we did level up um i do every day do the affirmations i wake up i pray make my bed go for a walk or do something physical and that really helps me start my day and in terms of like how people value you i used to go to the city and work every day like monday to friday getting up at 5.30, getting the kids ready, taking them to childcare. But then one of the managers realised, actually, I've got four kids, and by myself, I work really hard, but my team's all the way in Sydney. You know, why do I have to go into the London office? So he said to me, you know, why don't you just work from home? I was like, thank you, Jesus, because that's one thing that's really changed me now. So I work from home, like, all the time now, and I have more time for myself, more time to what I need to do. And I actually work a lot harder and get a lot more done because, obviously, the travel time has been reduced. Um, though I do go in, like, once, once a week, once every two weeks. So, I mean, in terms of that, it's really kind of helped me evolve um, and see the value that I have in myself. And, and look, I think the company actually really value who I am and the value that I give to the, the job because I really work hard. So, yes, yeah, so, so I can really relate to what your story you are saying, Tanya. I love so, that. And I love that you stuck to doing things that worked for you in the programme. And one thing I will say to anybody, if you ever happen to come into any of my courses or I'm, I'm good at giving you strategies. I'm good at giving you formulas that you can put into place that will shift things. But one thing I will say, especially in terms of this, in this topic of um, the environment versus your assignment is sometimes we are simply just doing that. We're doing a checklist. I read a book, I did 20 minutes exercise, I did my gratitude list, I went for a walk, I meditated for 20 minutes, yep, I've done all that I needed to do. And there's no connection. These little discipline diaries that we've got, they've changed the game, because in the beginning, they get you to write down your goals for the year. And when it talks about your goals, right, it talks about your environment. And this is one thing that I always teach the environment of self. So if you ever Google like the environments of self, there will be like nine or 10 environments that come up. And within them, you will have work, you'll have financial, you'll have relationships, you'll have um, health. You know, there's loads of different environments that whether you think about it consciously or not, these are all of the things that you're accountable to. And then even if you're a parent, there's more because now you're accountable to your children's environment. And if you're in a relationship, you've got your partner's stuff to consider. But sometimes we get trapped in 
I just need to focus on work. I just need to focus on my kids. I just need to focus on my money. I just need to focus on my husband. Do you see what I mean? And when we get trapped in these environments, that's where the disalignment comes. Because it's funny, we're a whole being. So there's so much different things that we need to balance every single day. How are we doing that? And so now when you start to put things in place that help you kind of balance those things, like mum has just said, are you believing that it's possible for you? Are you doing things and saying, right, you know what? I made a decision years ago that I'm going to start to save 10% of my earnings to invest in me first. It wasn't about saving. It was about investing in myself first. And then it was about investing that into other things so I could double it up, so I could turn it around. And that's the same ethos that I built my business from. It's the same ethos that I build my friendships from. I said to my friends years ago, listen, I am starting to look at my relationships as an investment. So if I cannot see how I am investing in your life or you're invested in my life, guess what, babes? You got to go. Because I started to recognize that my energy was priceless. My time was priceless. My effort couldn't be accountable, couldn't be accounted for, should I say. So unless I can see a return on that investment, I am not investing because I'm worth something. I am worth something. You guys are worth something. And that's where sometimes we're stuck in an environment that doesn't suit our assignment because we haven't figured out what we're worth yet. We haven't figured out what the value is yet. We haven't figured out how to make a return on that investment. And so we're stuck. But it also doesn't mean that it's not coming to fruition. It really doesn't mean that because it's not happening now, it's not happening. Consistency. Talking to yourself in those moments, like that conversation where I was grateful when I became redundant. And now it was go time. Now it was if I could roll out of my bed every morning and give four or five hours to somebody else for their business, you better believe I can do that for myself. And I was doing that when I wasn't being paid. I still don't get paid what I deserve. I still don't even charge what I deserve. But it's a growing process. And I'm willing to go through the process. And I'm being more and more aware of my conversations and my beliefs through the process. And one of my favorite stories is that of the Chinese bamboo tree. And I don't know if you've ever heard about how they grow, but they grow like five years under the ground. But you have to keep watering them. You have to keep nurturing them. And for five years, you see zero results. Their environment doesn't look like their assignment. And after the fifth year, that tree grows a hundred and something feet in a year. Now imagine if people would have given up in year one or year two or year three 
or even year five, because guess what? I've been doing this for five years and I see no results. But in one year, you see that whole tree grow a hundred and something feet. So some of you might be putting in the work. Some of you might be consistent in whatever it is that you're working towards. And right now, you might not be seeing any results. You might not be feeling any better. You might not be getting the answers that you desire. But I just want to have this conversation to say, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep growing. You've got to continue to trust the process, nurture and nourish the season that you're in. Like honestly nourish it. Recognize if that toxic and dysfunction is taking a hold of you and you're giving into it. Some of us surrender to the toxic. Some of us surrender to this dysfunction. Some of us surrender to the doubt and the fear. And guess what? Like the paradox, it's there. It's so funny. Like this conversation bounces back to me a lot. Like it's easy for you, Tanya. It's easy for me because apparently I know better as if I'm not human and I don't go through the same things that everybody else does. Of course I do. Of course I have the same doubts. Of course I have the same fears. Of course I'm here praying on the other side of the camera before I even press record and speak. God, please help me say something that they're gonna relate to. It's the same process, but I'm recognizing more and more my assignment. And it doesn't matter how I feel or don't feel. I can't let that dictate me anymore. I can't let that define me. I can't let my paycheck be the thing that says this is what I'm valuable or this is how valuable I am. I used to always look at living in the UK and the benefit system. And I used to really study how the benefit system has given us this kind of, I believe, lazy mentality. This excuse that we're gonna get help this excuse that they should house us, this excuse that the government owes us something, but in the same breath, we're blasting them. What do you owe you? What do you owe you? How are you choosing to honor you? Tanya? Yes, ma'am. You're speaking to me, let me answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm... I'm singing this song in my head. I surrender you. I don't even know the song. It's oh my God, I was singing that last week. And I was going, I don't know this song, but why am I singing it? <laughs> yeah, it's
it comes with confirmation. And even in that story that Tanya was just telling us about when she went to the workplace and she arrived and her product was on her desk and the employer, the manager there said to her, go on, calm down, relax, pick one of your sticks. He believed in her sticks. He said, we've been picking them. God was sending her confirmation of believing in herself and her product and her ability because somebody who she was waiting to feed her with finance was saying to her, come on, yeah, sit down, pick your stick. We've been doing it. We've been picking it. Sometimes something outside of ourselves comes to confirm for us that this is where, this is where God wants you to go. But we got to learn to discern now what is the true voice of God? Because in our excuses, again, you know, me and my relationship with words, EX means to bring out. Cuse, C-U-S-E, I said to my girls in 5 a.m., it comes from a curse. <laughs> so your excuse is a curse that is stopping you reaching your potential. It's stopping you unwrapping <laughs> that gift that was in you from birth. So Tanya, in this season of my life, I thank you so much for creating that space of exercise so I can exercise my damn excuses. Like today I was like, oh, I'm going to make an excuse. I'm going to lie. I'm going to say the internet ain't working. I was like, are you hearing yourself? Yeah, I'll get you out on that exercise. <laughs> I was going to do the same thing. I was going to be like, guys, there was an incident at my house. I was up late. I'm tired. I'll do it tomorrow. And you hear it. And you're like, oh, here we go again. Not so good that when you played my song at the end, we just, ah, we just walk up on the piece of happiness and joy and gratitude. Because there's people my age on all kind of tablets. Yeah, there's a beautiful sister in this room, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna acknowledge her, and it's Violet. Yeah, and as a little girl. You know, and I'm good age now, I'm 54, so Violet's a little bit older than me. But I used to look up to her. I loved her. And I love the fact that she's in this room. And when Tanya said, if I'm 30-something, then I'm still getting this. Listen, if I'm 54, I'm going to be 55 this year, and I'm still getting up, yeah? These all could tell you, I don't sleep on me. If I sleep on me, it's a very rare thing. I'm up at 5 for my prayers, 5.15 for my class. And I'm putting in the work. So 54 years of in a particular way, I'm not giving up on me. And that is the gratitude and the love that I have, that even me, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that he cares about me. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. So that's what I'm grateful for. And while I'm here, I have a chance. And while I have that chance, I'm going to win. Amen. I'm here for it. And that's maybe the decision that we've got to continue to make when our environment doesn't look like our assignment. We've got to decide to keep pushing. We've got to decide to keep winning. We've got to start to recognize how much we are blinded. When I tell you blinded, and I'm actually going to play Stormzy to go out, but blinded by his grace and his mercy. When I first heard that song, I don't even know what state I was in, but that song brought me to my knees and it brought me to tears because I started to recognize how much I'd taken for granted. 
And we also listened to a sermon earlier in the week, or maybe it was last week. We listened to a lot of different things at 5 a.m. And we have amazing conversations at 5 a.m. to kickstart our day. And the reason why I have my, my clients, my team, my different people up at 5 a.m. is because five represents belief and it also represents to bear witness. But on top of that, if you can wake up at an uncomfortable hour and give to yourself, yo, what can you do when you're comfortable? If you can create habits, healthy habits at an uncomfortable hour, what can you do in a comfortable hour? We've got to retrain the way that we see some things. We've got to retrain the way that we've been designed and programmed. And I know people that love sleep. I'm around people that, nah, I couldn't do that. I've got to get enough sleep. What are you sleeping for, babe? Do you deserve to be sleeping? What are you doing when you get up? What are you doing when you get up? And don't get me wrong, rest is important. Rest is necessary. Rest helps you if you're on a journey, like losing weight or, you know, just having a healthy state of mind. Rest helps. But so does doing the work. So does living life, so does experiencing, so does cleaning the glasses of the lenses on your glasses. Because we're walking around blind. When I used to hear the story about Jesus made the man see, oh, I used to fully be like, wow, he touched his eyes and he could see. No, understand it to a different level. Maybe when he gave them knowledge and he gave them awareness, he allowed them to see in ways that they couldn't see before. How are you seeing today that you couldn't see life a week ago? How are you seeing now as a result of coming into these clubhouse rooms and being given new awareness? How are you seeing differently to the conversations that you're now having every single day? Because I know for sure, I'm seeing shit real different. So I just pray that if you ever find yourself in an environment that you know, like you know, like you know, doesn't fit or suit your assignment, I believe there's a valuable lesson in there for you. And when you get it, I pray that you run with it. Not only did that man make me redundant, I hadn't been working there long enough to get any kind of pay at all, but he paid me for like two months after my month. And I was so grateful because I had time to figure out. He was like, you've got kids and I know, you know, you might not find another job. This was before COVID. This was before everybody was working at home. This was way before all of that. So by the time COVID had hit, I had already been a year of me choosing to be self-employed. And that was the year that I said, this all or nothing. I gave all my classes an affirmation that I was running with myself, all energy in. People normally say all money in. People who are hustlers and that, they say all money in. But I knew it was deeper than that. I knew it was all energy in. 
and you only had to be in one of my classes for me to run a track and I start doing the exercise and your energy was whack, I would pull it up 15 times until the energy was on 100. And that was everybody in the room. The same algorithms that I was choosing to live, like actually live, actually the same affirmations that I was reciting, the same intentions that I was writing down and living, I shared them everywhere I went because I recognized that it was a season where my environment did not look like my assignment, but I had a responsibility to clean it up. Some of us are walking into dirty houses every single day, seeing the cobwebs in the corners, the dirty skirting boards, the, the marks on the wall, and we're leaving it there. We're walking into clutter and we're not recognizing that the clutter that we live in is the same clutter that's in our minds. We've got to be willing to release. That mum said, surrender, let go. We're going into our cars and it's all right because we got kids or we do football. Yeah, that's been my excuse. We do football every week, so the car's full of mud. No, Tanya, clean it up. Just the same way that we're going into our mental closet of destruction week after week or every time we're under pressure oh we are going to self-destruct but what about if our environment just meet, isn't meeting our assignment so we just need to push pray until something happens and not only pray press apply some action do something until something happens. When the baby's about to come out, yo, it's painful, but we got to push. We got to push. And sometimes people are pushing for a long time. And after time, sometimes they need forceps. Push until something happens because your assignment doesn't always look like your environment but it doesn't mean that it's not happening. It doesn't mean that it's not manifesting. It doesn't mean that things are not aligning. But be willing to have the dance of the paradox. Maybe things aren't aligning and maybe they are. Maybe you're doing enough and maybe you're not. Maybe you're in the right place and maybe you're not. And in the same way, we're never where we're not supposed to be. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? But that's the wonderful universe that we live in. And that's the beautiful place that God has created. And we're all a part of that creation. So what are we creating? Where are we adding value? Where are we seeing our value? Where are we sharing our value? Where are we being our value? Where are we holding ourselves most valuable? And can we honor ourselves enough to hold ourselves valuable in any environment that we're in? I dare some of you to do that numbers game. I dare some of you do that numbers game and tell me if that's how valuable you are or if you've got more. I dare you. Do something that's going to make you want to change the position that you play every day. Because I done a lesson once and it was called, can you manage sis? 
And we use the saying, God will not give us more than we can bear. But we don't get that. We say that when things are bad. We go, God will not give us more than we can bear. But what about on the flip side? What about if you're not getting some things because you haven't prepared and positioned yourself yet to be able to receive it? So God don't want to overload you. Have you ever heard it like that? Or do you only use it when things are bad, like God will not give us more than we can bear? But actually, maybe some of your blessings ain't coming through because you're not prepared and you ain't been preparing. How about that? So I'm going to just leave you with the last page of my book. And it's so funny because, again, guys, I just reached for something. And I just reached for this and I haven't read it in a while. But it says, my children are who I was. My sisters are who I am. And my mother is who I become. That's a quote from Ilanya Van Zart. And then I say, I truly pray that you grant yourself permission to change. I pray you upgrade the business called you to become a boss. Built on self-success. No one can do the work for you. You must continuously and consciously choose you. Put the work into every single department. Go back to every role and position and evaluate your play. At different chapters in our stories, we have different characters to play. The employee, the student, the manager, the volunteer, or the CEO. They all have a vital role to play in assisting you to hold the title called Bay, building an empire. Yes, at times you have played way too small. Yes, there will be seasons where you feel like you know nothing at all. But deeply, honestly, and wholeheartedly trust the season that you're in. As long as you always lead with your heart and take time to consciously check in, your internal, your internal guide will always position you to win. You truly owe it to yourself to be the bag because God has already secured you, Coach T. Now I pray that y'all have a beautiful day. Has anybody got anything to say in the room? Anything touch you, inspire you, spark something in you, aggravate you, trigger you, pull something outside of you? Do you have any opinions, ideas, comments on anything that I've had to say? You're very welcome to come to the stage. Yes, ma'am. As your mother who gave birth to you, I can't tell you enough, and I tell you enough, and I'm going to tell you I'm so proud of you. I love you. You're the answer to every prayer that your father's mother had, that my mother had. You're a combination of all their desires and prayers, and you're living a lot of their truth. Those dreams don't die. I am so grateful, as you know, Tanya, many years ago, the doctor said I may not have been here and I'm so grateful to be here to see this. I'm so grateful, I'm so proud, I love you and I thank you. Ladies in the room, please, honestly, don't die, don't ever die on your dreams. Tanya spoke about the blind, but there's the deaf. 
There's the people that cannot hear. There's the lame. There's the people that cannot walk. You know, he said deaf, dumb. Sometimes people are dumb as hell and the blind. But Jesus came for them. And when I say Jesus came for them, it's a continuous thing. It's like every day we got a choice. 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 So what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose your excuses? Are you going to choose the things that are stopping you, your lies, your limited ideas entertained, as Tanya defined for us yesterday? Or are we going to strive for that truth, the truth that is deep down in us, the truth that we know, the voice that speaks to us when we're alone, that reality, are we going to strive for that? So Tanya often teaches us about ownership. And this morning I said, there's a choice. You can take ownership. And in the relationship, you have that word ship. So you can take ownership or you can own your shit. And when you own your shit, look at the shit that you live with every day. Look at the shit that you're living in, you're living with, and you're not owning it. Own your shit, clean it up, and then you might make some space for ownership. Amen. Honestly, thank you. And, you know, I just always used to say, I used to have a quote that says, I use a swear word and God in the same sentence because I'm raw to my core. <laughs> Clearly I did. And um, even when you said about my grandparents, if you have my last book, and I'm actually re-releasing them in an event soon, I was writing this before my last granddad passed away. And in the beginning, I write, I come from my grandmother's prayers, my mother's dreams, my father's love, and my grandfather's resilience. No handouts for me, my hustle hits differently. I am a living example of the things that have been poured into me, good and bad, up and down, light and darkness. And I'm just trying every day to do the best with that. You owe it to yourself first to be the best example of yourself and then you I believe that we owe it to God to do the best with what he's given us and I don't know if we can do the best with what he's given us if we don't know what that best or the worst and all of it is within us and there's generations of it within us so I just pray that you're deeply encouraged, deeply inspired, deeply invested, deeply empowered by the truth, your truth, by the truth of these conversations, by the realness of these conversations. Because I encourage everybody that comes into my rooms to be hot honest open and transparent is something that i ran off from todd from the transformational church and i kind of changed i think one of the words but when you give yourself permission to do that i'm forever every single day having a temperature check like where am i at within myself am i lukewarm am i mild am i hot and i'll vibe with being hot all day every day because not only does your truth set you free, do you know how your truth sets so many other generations free? 
so many other people free. You owe it to yourself, to God and to the universe to be your best every day. And sometimes your best looks like sitting with your worst, looks like embracing your worst, looks like experiencing the worst. Just like yesterday when we spoke about toxic relationships, when you're in them sometimes, your environment doesn't look like your assignment, but it's necessary that you're in that relationship at that time. No, I'm not saying stay there. No, I'm not saying you deserve things. But what I am saying is you create it and you are a thousand percent attractive. And when you have that kind of ownership and that kind of power, ha, life is a different ball game. The blaming changes. The blaming doesn't even stand. Responsibility, ownership, that's your portion. For many of us and where we come from, they told us we ain't worth shit. They told us we can't own shit. And we're still living up to that premise today. We're still standing in that truth today. If you're like me, I stay cussing Uncle Toms. That's what I call them. People that surrender to less than what they're worth. But then I look at myself and I'm like, oh, here we go. Ah, here goes like Cal from Keenan and Cal. And I catch myself and I'm like, baby girl, where are you playing small? So I will find different ways to have the same conversations, to hopefully attack some of your doubts and attack some of your fears, but stir up that fire within you, that ignites that fire within you, that allows your heart to open up, that allows your mind to expand. I'm gonna be that girl. And if you've met my children, my God, they're a 2.5 version of me. And that stuff is scary as hell. And they're boys. But if we're going to have to have some king stand up, then the queen's got to take her position. And I'm going to play my play. And I'm going to have checkmate. Play your position, guys, and play it well. Play it good.